With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everyone. Welcome back to Seeking Witchcraft. I'm your host Ashley and today I'm going to be talking about waxing, waning, and balancing your craft. Specifically, I'll be talking about how to incorporate the craft in your life when you're limited on time, ways to not let witchcraft completely take over your life, which I will explain. I'm sure you're probably wondering what that means. And also talking generally about just giving yourself some grace if you find yourself waxing and waning with your practice. So let's go ahead and start. So the first thing I want to talk about is not letting witchcraft take over your life. And as I said, I know this is probably a little bit of a confusing thing. So what I mean by this is witchcraft is fun, exciting, and it's obviously something of interest to all of us, aka you, the listeners, and myself. And whether you're brand new to the craft or have been in it for years, witchcraft can very easily become an escape into yourself and potentially a group of friends if you're in a coven or a social club related to this where you can practice magic, commune with the gods, and feel like your most authentic and primal self, you know, depending on the direction you take with the craft. (laughs) And this sounds great, right? You know, while this is an exciting thing to immerse yourself into, it's also important that we're not running away to the craft and ignoring real life responsibility. And what I mean by this is it's important to make sure that you're keeping yourself grounded with your real life along with your magical life. You know, if you're at work and you're sneakily reading a book on witchcraft instead of working or daydreaming about activities with your coven when you should be paying attention in class or making craft supplies or incense or what have you when you should be working on other important yet mundane tasks or ultimately just blowing off mundane responsibilities to engage in the craft instead, this could be a sign of an imbalance in your life and it's important to take a step back and reevaluate. Now, with that all being said, it is completely fine to dedicate yourself to the craft. As a new coven leader, which, yes, by the way, y'all, I am now running a coven with my high priest, Azazel, who you may recognize in the Feast of Torches podcast, which is also crazy to say because I started this when I was a seeker and now I'm a coven leader. Um, Super crazy. But anywho, anywho, as a new coven leader and who, somebody who's also running an inner and an outer court, you know, a witchcraft podcaster having to keep up with posting new content and staying active on social media, and a person who tries to have their own personal practice on top of all of these things, I would very easily say that I have dedicated my life to the craft. And there have been times where I've passed up mundane events for witchcraft events, and you best believe that there has also been times where I've been daydreaming about coven things when I really should have been doing something else. Does this make me a bad person in which? No, of course not. But when my mundane friends started constantly saying that I was never free to hang out with them because I was always busy doing my witch stuff instead, I realized that I had a problem and that I had an imbalance I needed to fix. And, you know, sometimes it's not easy to admit this or to see that there can be a problem. And if you don't see any issue with this with yourself, or maybe this might not apply to you or what have you, that's on you to decide. 
But for those who this does strike a chord with, one of the biggest things I'd recommend is to try to ensure time with your mundane friends who can keep you grounded. These are your friends who may not care or even know about the craft or maybe even your work or school friends who don't even know anything about your spirituality. And as a side note, your craft is yours to keep as secret as you like. But just know that telling your coworkers, classmates, bosses, or employers, or whatever, can be risky and religious discrimination absolutely still exists. So please do this at your own risk if you do decide to tell them. However, the overall point I'm saying is to spend time hanging out with people who may have no interest or knowledge of their craft or, you know, your friends who you knew before you even got involved in it. These are the friends who you'd go to the club with or get a drink or food with or some coffee or see a movie. Spend that time with them and let it be a grounding experience for you. What I'm trying to say is spend time doing activities that are not related to the craft, not related to witchcraft or your spirituality and enjoy this time. And if you don't have friends that you can engage with like this, or even if you do, I also recommend to have a hobby outside of witchcraft. So for myself personally, I really like playing Dead by Daylight and hit me up if y'all ever want to play. I love that game. I play it like all the time. Um, but yes, I, I do things like playing Dead by Daylight, which is a video game. And that's just me. But some other people are really into photography or writing, painting, crocheting. Hell, some people just like getting planners and making schedules and lists. And yes, it is I, your type A friend who loves planning more than anything else and gets tons of excitement and joy and lots of, I love it. I love it. It's fine. Anyway, anyway, if hobbies aren't your thing, or if you still need time figuring it out, what it is exactly that you like doing, you can also just take some time for yourself that doesn't have anything to do with the craft. You know, download an app and go on a date, go to the gym read a non-witchy book, go see a movie, take a spa day, engage in self-care. And no, self-care does not always mean bubble baths and chocolate, although it could, but this can also mean folding that pile of laundry that's been sitting in the corner for the last two weeks, which is a note to myself, but also <laughs> in general, or washing the dishes that have been in the sink all day. You can also just try a new restaurant, go to a wine tasting, go on a hike, try a new recipe, garden, go for a scenic drive. There's a shit ton of things you could do. You can also volunteer. Personally, I am a huge fan of volunteering. I did this a lot before the pandemic. Um, once the pandemic hit, I, I haven't had a chance to engage in this. Um, I do want to get back into this. If you are interested in volunteer work and you haven't done this in the past, I do want to give a heads up that a lot of volunteer places do require that you book with them in advance. And sometimes this could be weeks to months in advance. So just be aware of this if this is something you want to do. Anywho, this is all just to give examples of things that you can do that don't have to do anything with your craft or spirituality. And yes, while some may argue that some of these can be spun into being craft related, the point is that if you find yourself in a situation where you want to balance yourself out, these are some things you could do to get in tune with yourself. The biggest thing that I want to stress is for you to be sure that you keep on top of your real life responsibilities. You know, make sure you're focusing on work while you're at your job or paying attention in class when you're in school. If you're hanging out with your mundane friends, be fully present in the moment with them. Schedule time to be with them if you need to. Keep a schedule of when you'll be doing your witchy rituals or meeting with your coven and use some of the nights off to spend time with them. And also remember to be proactive and reach out to them too, just to see when they're free to get together. If you have chores around the house that you've been putting off, make sure you do them. Same with any errands too. And honestly, personally, I love having my house clean when I engage with my craft. I really like working with deities in a clean home as I feel like it's more inviting, but 
That's just my take on it. Be sure to put yourself first and do what you need to do. And I also want to stress that sometimes engaging with your spirituality is self-care and is a huge responsibility and priority in your life. And, you know, I know that's the case for me. But again, all of this is just to speak on making sure that you're not running away into your craft life and putting off your real life responsibilities and being truthful with yourself about this if this is applying to you or not. All right, coming up after the commercial break, I'll be discussing ways to incorporate the craft into your life when you don't have a lot of time for it. And I'll be giving some advice to ease your mind if you do find yourself waxing and waning with your craft. Be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. Now we'll be discussing ways to incorporate the craft into your life when you don't have a lot of time for it. So as I mentioned, scheduling things with your mundane friends, one of the very first things I'd recommend would be schedule time for your own personal practice in your planner. Yes, I know this probably doesn't sound very magical, but sometimes knowing in advance that you've carved out time for yourself to cast a circle or meditate or do a spell or path working or celebrate the Sabbath or make some incense or whatever it is that you're doing, knowing that you have that time reserved for yourself to spend with yourself can sometimes relieve you from feeling bad or stressed if you're not able to maintain a daily or, you know, at least a semi-regular practice. I also want to stress that while you should be keeping up with your schedule and if you plan something, you should stick to it, but also be sure to give yourself a break if you get to that scheduled time and you have other priorities that you need to handle. You know, overall, the theme of this episode is all about making sure that you're doing right by yourself, handling your real life needs, and balancing your craft. It's not the end of the world if you need to reschedule a previously scheduled ritual time with yourself to run, I don't know, a a much needed errand or honestly just to take a breather. But just make sure that you aren't using this as an excuse either to procrastinate. Alternatively, if you need some accountability to maintain your practice, you can always join a club, you know, if you're at a university or something and they have a pagan club, or you can seek out an outer court to try to join a coven or a social media, you know, like on meetup.com. And let that be your spirituality time. However, many outer courts or OCs, is what they're also called, do request that their seekers dedicate themselves fully to their OC. And my outer court is no exception to this. So I want to make it clear that when I'm saying this as a suggestion, this is what I'm really meaning. Being part of a coven or an outer court requires time, dedication, and commitment. But they also typically only meet a handful of times during the month. And There's usually assignments given to OC students on top of this to do in their own time, which really should be given the proper amount of time to complete out of respect for not only yourself, but your teachers. However, when I was in my OC, or hell, even now in my inner court, I have had times in my life where shit got hectic, y'all, and I was really limited on my free time. And 
This is totally normal for pretty much anyone and everyone who has ever been involved in a group because as it turns out, life doesn't stop when you're learning witchcraft. But there was something comforting for me to know that I was had something that I was a part of that was integral to my spirituality already planned out on my schedule and that even if I didn't have time during the last week or two to do, I don't know, something at my altar, I knew I had ritual time planned out for myself with a group of people that would hold me accountable if I didn't show up and that I could use this time to engage in my practice. Now, this is not a perfect situation or solution and in a perfect world, I'd be able to balance my own practice plus outer court and inner court training and this podcast and working full time. Also going to the gym and, you know, grocery shopping, cleaning my house, paying bills, hanging out with my mundane friends and keeping an active social life, checking in with my mom, maintaining my car, visiting my cousins, and, you know, all of the other things that come along with living. And some weeks I'm actually totally able to manage all of this, but other weeks I really have to prioritize my responsibilities. And knowing I have maybe an IC or OC weekend plan honestly really helps relieve some of the guilt I may feel for not having the time to pray to the goddess that week or cast a circle or what have you. We're human and we can only do our best and that's okay. Now, this isn't to say to join an outer court just to be accountable to maintaining your practice. This is more to say that this was one of the many, many, many benefits that came along with practicing with a group and engaging with other people. Again, not a perfect situation or solution, and I would also recommend you could just plan out weekends with yourself. You don't necessarily have to join an outer quarter coven just to maintain that accountability, but just putting it out there in my own experience, being part of a group and having these people that I loved and cared for really helped me maintain my practice and keep up with what I wanted to do, especially during the times where I felt like I had no time to do this on my own. I also want to challenge you, especially if you're limited on time, to redefine spirituality within yourself. It doesn't have to look like casting a spell or praying to the gods. It could be as simple as getting in tune with yourself through yoga or meditation or even another creative outlet that lets yourself be your most authentic self. (laughs) Witchcraft can be as life-encompassing as you want it to be. You do not need to dedicate your entire life to the craft if that is not what you want to do. With that said, your results might vary if this is the case with your magic and your experiences will also vary in intensities, but don't feel overwhelmed by feeling like every aspect of your entire life now has to be wrapped up in your spirituality. Sometimes your mundane and spiritual life get wrapped up into each other without you even realizing, and that's okay too, but you should give yourself some grace if you need to slow down and start doing small things first. Also, not for nothing, while living an enchanted life is great, Sometimes we get too wrapped up in this idea of wanting to make it this magical experience that we have every single day that it gets kind of hard after a while to recognize the significance of some of the magical experiences or psychic moments or moments with the gods that we experience through our practice. You know, you can think of it this way, like, let's say you were to get a present every single day from a loved one. I mean, that sounds awesome, right? You know, at first you're going to be really excited to open it. You're going to have all these cool thoughts and you're going to be excited the next morning. You know, when you go to bed, you'll be like, okay, I'm going to get a present tomorrow. But after a while, this becomes the standard and that excitement can start to die down. You know, this is an interesting analogy because I think witchcraft will 
always have opportunities where the magic is just so astounding that it can take your breath away. But in my opinion, allowing breaks from the craft will let you appreciate and savor these moments even more. But, you know, that's at least my take on it. And your experiences and opinions may vary. And that's completely okay because your path and your journey is your own for you to decide. And we're all going to have differences just like everybody else does in the world. With all that being said, the next piece of advice I would give to be to carry a journal with you. And I know this might be kind of like a, huh, why a journal? Well, sometimes when we're out and about, we have things pop up that are inherently witchy that we can forget about pretty easily. Like, you know, that weird deja vu from the dream you had the other night that's now playing out completely in front of you. Or, you know, seeing a spell that you cast the other week come into fruition. Hell, sometimes we see a pretty wildflower outside and we're like, hmm, that'd be kind of nice to, you know, put on my altar or use in an incense blend and having a journal. Listen, you can pick that wildflower, hopefully, if it's legal and if you are given permission or if it's fine. And <laughs> you can press it in your journal to use later. Also, not for nothing, there's something really special about writing down words in a journal and being able to read back on them later. And I don't know, this just feels completely different to me than writing a note in my phone. Not saying there's anything wrong with notes because I have a shit ton of notes in my phone. Uh, and you know, let's also be honest, if you're like me, you probably have a million blank journals sitting around waiting for the quote unquote right time to be used. And well, right now is the right time. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> right, right time. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, go get one of those blank journals and keep it on you. Put it in your purse or backpack or car or whatever you carry. And let's say you don't carry any of these things. Well, does your phone have a phone case? Put a couple post-it notes behind the case. Anything's going to do. And the next time you're out and about, pull it out and write. Just write anything. It can be short, long, bullet points, symbols, <laughs> you know, whatever you want. Keeping track of your journey to go back and review later can be extremely motivating to see how far you've come. Along with this journal, consider having a pocket altar or a secret altar that you can have with you at all times. And this can be a, something as simple as having representation of all of the elements or, you know, or the gods in an Altoids tin that you keep in your purse or car or hell, even at your desk at work. Or even wearing a bracelet or necklace or ring that, let's say you've woven with a spell or you've kept on your altar all night to soak up the energies of your sacred space, which is totally something I used to do all the time pre-pandemic when I was going to work. Knowing you're carrying this with you or having this near you can really help to refresh your mind and keep you at ease. And the things you choose to keep on your altar at home don't have to look the same as what you might put in on your work desk. A low-key representation of the gods could look like a nature or a moon phase calendar or a pine cone or a dried flower, like the dried flower that you pressed in your journal that you totally stole. I mean, not stole, that you totally just picked up because you were totally allowed to have it. Anyway, <laughs> a representation of the elements could be something even more simple and mundane. It could be one of those Evian facial mists for water. You could buy those at Five Below or Target or hand warmers or something made with charcoal for fire. You get a plant for earth or wind chime for air or huh, get an air plant. That could be air and earth combined. And don't forget, you can also use jewelry again and beads. You can get beads with different symbols on it or beads that look like different things that represent the elements or how you view the gods. It could be hidden in plain sight, y'all. It doesn't have to look like the stereotypical, oh, I have a feather for air, I have a cauldron, I have a stick of incense. It could be a lot more simple than that. So carrying on with this, one of my favorite things to do personally is whenever I'm needing some extra support is drawing elemental pentagrams around myself, either on my desk, my, my leg, my computer, my phone, my car, 
what have you. I mean, I've even taken lotion and done it that way. Like, you know, take a little lotion and draw, draw the pentagram in there. <laughs> and I know I've talked about this a million times in this podcast, but this is something I really like doing and I cannot stress it enough. Learn the elemental banishing and invoking pentagrams and their meanings and use them to your advantage. You can very easily just trace this under a desk. Nobody will even see you. You can even do this like, okay, sometimes when I'm putting on makeup, I'll draw one of these pentagrams on my forehead with concealer before I blend it all in, like locate. You know, so there's a lot of things that you could do with this. I really, really recommend doing that. Some other things that you could do that might be a little bit more obvious are, you know, things like a daily tarot oracle. Listen, I've tried this and let me tell you, sometimes I just could not keep up with it. And I found that pulling a tarot card every few days or, you know, doing this once a month or once a week was a little bit more sustainable for me to keep up with. Sometimes literally the last thing I wanted to do when I woke up in the morning and I'm rushing for work was pull a tarot card and then sit there and look up what the meaning is because part of the reason I was doing this was to see what the meanings of the freaking cards were so I can learn them. Okay. The cards, when I pulled them doing, you know, something like once a week or once a month, you know, this card didn't have to define what this length of time meant either, by the way, of like when I was pulling it. The card that I pulled could have been for that specific day, even though I was only pulling it once a week, or it could have been for the whole week or the month. But that was up for me to decide when I was actually pulling it. So I'd recommend that as an option. I know this is said all the time as something for witches to do. But if you get a little overwhelmed with the idea of doing it every single day, just try lengthening that process and pulling it once a week or once every other week or once a month. Another thing would be engaging in a morning and or an evening ritual. So this could be something like a set of words that you use to set your intentions for the day or to acknowledge the gods or your ancestors or whatever spirits you might work with or even work with the elements. You can plan to say this in the morning right when you get up. You could do it in the middle of your lunch break. You could do during your shower right before bed or hey let's say you see the moon every night before you go to bed like maybe you say it the second you see the moon for the first time that night. However you want to engage in this, this is just an idea of something you could do to engage in something daily if that's really where you're at. If you want to start with something small instead of like building up an entire altar, just maybe saying a short couple sentences or two or maybe even just one sentence just to kind of set your intention and kind of get yourself back into the groove of getting back with your practice. All right, well, now that I've gone over ways to engage in the craft in a healthy way and small things you could do when you're limited on time, I want to talk about the final part of this episode, and this is allowing grace with yourself if you wax and wane with your craft. The first thing I want to say about this, it doesn't matter how long or experienced you are in the craft, and it doesn't matter how active somebody appears to be on social media. Waxing and waning with your spirituality and witchcraft is completely normal. Just as sometimes we're super into a new TV show or movie or hobby or type of food and, you know, maybe all we want to do is eat that food or watch that show or engage in that hobby, sometimes we hit a point where we just don't really want to engage in it at all and we want to do something else for a bit before picking it back up. Don't beat yourself up if this happens. It's completely normal to wax and wane in both things in and out of witchcraft and spirituality. I also want to note that building up to maintaining a practice and you know, your spirituality, the craft, witchcraft spell work does not mean that you need to be doing things like, you know, a hundred spells in a row or meditating every single day or reading a new witchcraft book every single week. In my opinion, it's about doing things like living an enchanted life, having a healthy relationship with your spirituality, working on recognizing yourself as a witch and always being willing to learn more. 
And don't feel bad if you have these moments where you feel like your craft isn't successful anymore because you're not doing these things or not, you know, quote unquote, not doing enough witchy things. If you feel like you've gotten to a point where you've fallen off the wagon and nothing is working quite right, I say start small. But first things first, take a deep breath. Give yourself some time for the magic to work. Yes, magic is a skill that requires practice and fine tuning. But just know that every time you engage in it, you're getting that much closer to achieving your goal and practicing. Practice is is something that we do. This is a practice. So even if your spell doesn't pan out, it's going to be okay because you may have learned something from it and now you're on to the next one. Keep a journal to log your spell progress. Don't leave out any details. Be sure you're setting something obtainable for yourself and don't be afraid to put a reasonable time limit on what you're doing or working for. Consider the witch's pyramid when casting your spell. This is to know, to will, to dare, to keep silent. If this is the first time you've heard about it, check out the Feast of Torches podcast. He has a couple elemental meditations that can help you with this. Also, if you're unsure about this topic and want to learn more, I might record a future episode about the witch's pyramid. However, this topic was discussed at the very beginning of my podcast when I first started on an episode with interviewing my HP and HBS. All of this is to say to remember to give yourself a break, keep true to your real life responsibilities, and start small if you're overwhelmed or find yourself with limited time. I hope you remember to be kind with yourself and just know that witchcraft isn't going anywhere. You have the rest of your life to engage in your spirituality, and it's not a race. That's all for today, folks. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to get in contact with me, you can find me on Facebook at Seeking Witchcraft Podcast, Instagram at Seeking Witchcraft, and also the spam account's finally gone. Thank you to everybody who reported it. Um, Twitter at Seek Witchcraft. I also have a Facebook group called Witches Seeking Witchcraft, and a Patreon if you're interested in supporting the show and joining our Discord where we have book clubs and such, which is patreon.com slash Seeking Witchcraft. Also, if anybody here has any recommendations for new episode topics, please feel free to message me. I am definitely interested in some new topics. I'd love to hear what you guys want to hear more about. You can tweet me, message me. If you tweet me, feel free to tweet me and perhaps somebody else that you want to come on with me. You can also send me an email at seekingwitchcraft at gmail.com. would love to hear what the listeners want to know more about, so please feel free to message me. Thank you all for listening and have a happy upcoming autumn equinox, y'all. Bye.